It's a film with three brains. 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 Alex Gardner has a unique talent, and even he doesn't know what it can do. No one has ever done it before. No one has even conceived of doing it before. Going into another person's dream. You might have to see that, David. And now, his only way out is to go back in to the dreamscape. It's a dream, Alex. You can do anything you want in here. Dennis Quaid, Kate Capshaw, dreamscape. When you close your eyes, the adventure begins. Hi, welcome to the film with three brains. This is Cohen in Maplewood, New Jersey. And this is Sean in Chicago. And Sam in San Francisco. <laughs> I really wasn't ready for anything special that no. time. <laughs> yeah, you, you had nothing planned. You sound like you need a drink of water, maybe, though. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, just go raspy. <laughs> Yeah. When in doubt, go raspy. Yeah. yeah, always. Makes you sound more serious. Mm-hmm. You sound like Batman. <laughs> the uh, movie we're talking about today is Dreamscape. 1984, I don't know, like fantasy sci-fi-ish horror kind of movie starring Dennis Quaid as a very, very young man. Um, also has Christopher Plummer and Max von Sydow and Cape Capshaw and the bad guy from the Warriors, whose name I always forget. There's three of them. Three names. What are they? I don't know. David. Uh, Patrick. David. Yeah. Is David that Patrick Kelly? David Patrick Kelly. Yep. Very, very Irish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sully. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Anyway, Dreamscape. I haven't seen this probably since it came out. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe once in the following 10 years after it came out, I probably saw it again. Uh, just as was my habit to see movies in the theater and then rent them at least once. Uh, what about you guys? I saw I like that at, you talk about your habits as a 12 year old. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, 10 year old. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I likely like, look, I just, uh, yes, I've all, I don't know what my, well, I don't know what my problem is, but even as a kid, I'd see movie theater. And if I liked it, I would definitely rent it when it came on a video. <laughs> Not only would I rent it, I'd be damn excited about seeing it again. <laughs> <laughs> like calling them. The, I used to call video stores, the local video stores to ask if they had been returned yet. If they were out, if they had been checked out the day before. Oh yeah. I vaguely remember that. I don't think yeah. I was <laughs> that on top of things though. <laughs> yeah. I'm no. sure. I'm sure the people who worked at the video store, like at Benson Corners or wherever the hell else I used to go, would was just like, "Oh my god, this fucking kid is calling us again." <laughs> I don't know; it's not in yet. Go away. Do you have Dreamscape, <laughs> kid? Are you even thirteen? <laughs> is Dreamscape copies of Dreamscape have been returned? No, ma'am. They haven't. My cat's breath smells like cat food. <laughs> Uh, um, yeah, I remember seeing it at your house, Colin. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> I'm pretty, yeah, I'm I'm pretty certain it was on vi- on video. Was when I saw. I did not see it in the theater. I saw it at your house, and I remember the Snake Man very vividly. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm, I'll just 
forge ahead. So I was surprised at one, how kind of enjoyable I, I, I found it. I was yeah. expecting it. I mean, I, I mean, I have, we'll get into all that, but, um, but two that I didn't, I, I guess the interesting thing to me was that was what I remembered, like mm-hmm. the snake man vividly. I remember the, the sure. snake man stuff, the yep. stairs, the end, all of the dream stuff, very vivid. Um, but I've, I mean, I guess probably cause I'm, you know, when you're a kid, you don't give a shit about the political right. thriller, thriller part of it. Right. And, th- and there's a lot of that, you know, yeah. In the middle. Yeah, sure. And I, don't I was, any I was surprised. I was surprised how it's, it's like a tight little film, you know, like it's well written. There's not a lot of extraneous garbage. Most everything about it makes sense, you know, within the context of the film, you know, the rules they have established. And yeah, like the political thriller aspect of it, I pretty much forgotten about as well and found kind of interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as, as an adult, you're, you, you can latch onto that part of it Yeah, and not just wait for the next dream right. sequence. Mm-hmm. But I also didn't remember the stuff, like the, the stuff at the track when he escapes <laughs> yeah. those guys. Right. All I remember is him running down the hall and like, the scene where he jumps and turns the, he like jumps himself against the door and turns the knob when he's running away from those guys. That moment I remembered very clearly for some reason, because I always wondered if that was a viable way of trying to open a door whilst running. (laughs) (laughs) I have always wondered that and have never tested it out. Yeah. Uh, One thing that I don't think would work is when he, when you know Bob Blair, the he- the heavy is sort of threatening him, and just, um, he's in the car with him, and his foot's right by the little latch, and you know in yeah. the old cars, and you had, yeah. that. and I was like, what what is he doing? And uh, and I guess it's a two door, <laughs> and that would be the latch to push the driver's seat up. So, I if that is correct, that means he was in a moving car, he kicked the latch up, pushed the seat forward onto the driver. And then reach forward, grab the door. I mean, in the movie, it happens in like a second. Right. But when you think about it, you're like, wait, he just did all that, opened the door, dove out somehow, and yeah, and then escaped. Found a guy with a motorbike and escaped. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, it was just a moment of like, wait a minute, can you do that? Was that a, was that a thing? I mean, the, the latches, were, though, that definitely was a thing from the from old cars, but yeah. Anyway. Is Sam still with us? Oh, yeah. I was just enjoying the Two Men in a Brain movie review. <laughs> um, uh, I had this down on my list as movies I've seen before. It's been on my list for since I started making my list back in the 1990s. Yet when I started watching it, I was like, I don't remember any of this. Like, none of it. Like I like there there might have been like a running a chase sequence that I kind of remembered, but I was like, mm, it's it was the running through the stairs and and jumping over this over over the railing to get to yeah. skip running down and around, which mm-hmm. has been done in other movies. But I remember at some point as a kid seeing that and be like, oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> but I have no idea if this was the movie. Um, but that's the only thing that popped out to me. I didn't remember any of it, and I enjoyed it, and I think. Like, cause it's our nature to pick things apart. I was like, the dreams I really liked. And I was like, there's not enough of them. Like if yeah. I was, I yeah. would remake this movie in a second, I would make more dreams, Yeah, you know, 
And I mm-hmm. love the surrealism of the first one. It's totally Tim Burton, the yeah. stairs that are crooked mm-hmm. and nothing supporting them and the, the twisted perspective. Yeah. I, I loved it. And, um, you know, I, I forgive it for its claymation of the uh, snake monster. Right. That's how everything was done. That was the Raycourt monster. That was sure. you know, Howard the Duck and everything mm-hmm. else. Yep. So, yeah. Oh, God, we went so long without mentioning him, too, and I just did it. <laughs> you did it. <laughs> You've ruined our streak. <laughs> oh, 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 post-traumatic Howard the Duck Disorder. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, you, you could think... If you looked at the poster, if I don't know if you, and you saw the poster, yes, yeah, I did. You could really be confused because yeah, yes, no, it looks like misleading. Indiana Jones or something. It does. Yeah. It looks like the Raiders Lost Ark poster, only instead of a whip, he's holding a torch. He, <laughs> does, not, he does have a hat on. Yeah. Right. And the, what's got, the tagline? Like, close your eyes and the adventure begins. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, to Sam's point, like it needed more of that more dream stuff to to fulfill the promise of yeah the concept. Mm-hmm. But for what it is, like, other than the sort of the hokey effects in some of the scenes, I, I feel like it worked really well. Yeah. Uh, the only, my, my, honestly, my, my biggest complaint or criticism outside of the, you know, the effects are dated, of course, but whatever, it's dreams. So, like, you can kind of forgive it. The, all the stuff with the president felt a little too small. Oh, yeah. You know, like. It, it's it's the fucking president of the United States. Like, there's going to be Secret Service everywhere. Yeah, you know, like that. All that that aspect of it felt a little too, um, like low budget, I suppose, or whatever. Yeah, but, they needed more but, extras but, around. But the yeah, but the but the but the actual nuts and bolts of it, like the guts of it, I thought were great. You know, the idea mm-hmm. that Christopher Plummer is this sort of like covert dude. Who's friends with the president, but also recognizes that the president's about to make some major mistakes, and I'm going to assassinate him with a dream psychic. Like it's crazy, <laughs> but within the context of the film, it's awesome. Yeah, I, I love how the scandalous idea is for nuclear disarmament with the Russians. I know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> is he crazy? Yeah, we've, I think we, I guess we've come a long way. Yeah. Um, yes. No, but I enjoyed it. I, I, yeah. my, my 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 criticism isn't isn't is not harsh or whatever. I, uh, I, I when your criticism is, I want to see more of the good stuff that they did. Right. It's not really yeah saying that. And also, it also like movie. you can see why Dennis Quaid is a movie star. You know. Okay, I got to ask you guys. Yeah. About Dennis Quaid being a charming guy. Yeah. <laughs> did does he remind you of anybody else? He reminds me of Jack Nicholson in Batman. Yeah, okay. his face. Interesting. His, his smile. His chin. Yeah. Oh, my his gosh. Because I was, I was going a totally different direction. I thought the way he delivered his lines and kind of his, his, his little grin, he totally reminded me of Han Solo in the cantina for, like, the first half of the movie. Oh, yeah. I can see yeah. that. Yeah. Sure. Like, yeah, and his wave, fl- wavy, floppy hair kind of. Yeah. yeah. Like, it just, like, yeah, the, who's going to play yeah, a kid? Sort you? Of the, you know? The, this, the uh, charming scoundrel, you know? Yeah. He does it well. Yeah. yeah. I enjoyed it. But yeah. It's like, yeah. I was like, this guy should have played the young Han Solo. But <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to quite work. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's still playing movies. He's still playing like, you know, middle age or like 30 year old roles or, you know, in his, what is he, 60 now or something? I don't know. He's been playing those roles for a long time. Yeah. 
I've always been surprised that, that Dennis Quaid was not like a bigger star. I mean, he's a pretty big star, but I always was always surprised he wasn't just, it seems like he just doesn't have that one sort of that one film that propels people into superstardom, that one huge hit, you know? Yeah. Like he just, he's built a, a really solid career of, you know, pretty good movies for the most part without ever really hitting it out of the park or having like that huge blockbuster under his belt that really propels him, you know, to the next level, that kind of shit. Has he ever done anything with superheroes, heroes, that kind of thing? <sighs> I don't know. He's kind of, I would say no, now. no, but uh-huh. I mean, you know, that maybe that's what he was missing. That kind of role. Not that there was that much going on. Well, as we, I as mean, we I, I think the closest thing he's done in the, in recent mm-hmm. years is the day after tomorrow. Oh yeah, which there you, go. you know, which was not that great of a movie. <laughs> no, it wasn't. But it was like it was an attempt at sort of recapturing that Independence Day. You know, it's Roland Emmerich trying to, you know, make a blockbuster, you know, a disaster blockbuster in the vein of Independence Day, which he's yeah. been chasing since Independence Day, and he hasn't lived up to that. But this was just another attempt. You he know, was. Pretty... Uh... Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say with a, also with a pretty star-studded cast outside of Dennis Quaid for the most part. but And, you know, it just didn't really hit. And he's had a lot of that stuff, you know. Even though, you know, he's made some really fantastic films, like things like Inner Space. I mean, granted, that was a long time ago. But, you know, more, you know, stuff that's a little more outside the, the normal. Like Frequency is a pretty damn good movie. Um, things like that. Traffic. It, you know, trafficking good company. Um, mm-hmm. You know, some of the, you know, Switchback is like a really fantastic thriller. Oh yeah, that, I forgot it was that in nobody that. really saw. You know, um, with uh, he's a Daddy, double Daddy Glover. Yeah, he was Doc Holliday in White right. Earth, which we right, covered. right, and he was he was fine. He was good in it. He just wasn't Val Kilmer. You know, yeah. Um, I think Enemy Mine is like one of those yeah. most underrated films. I love that movie. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> haven't but, seen it in a long, long time. Yeah, or like DOA. DOA was really good. Yeah, um, you know, Great Suspect. Balls of Fire. Great Balls of Fire was like a total Oscar bait that didn't really land. Yeah, uh, you know. So there's like, it's interesting. His career is interesting. It's like it's all pretty solid. Nothing that really propelled him into the Tom Hanks, you know, Tom Cruise world. Yeah. Wilder Which is Napalm. fine. I never oh, actually that saw that. I never saw Wilder well, Napalm. That's your that's that's your superpower movie where him, yeah. him and his twin brother can start fires with their mind. Uh, yeah. There you go. So yeah. If, yeah, if one of those had been, if he had caught fire in that movie, oh, I. <laughs> or you like the yeah. Alamo, uh, you know, which was clearly Oscar bait with a totally stacked cast. That again just didn't really land, you know. Audiences are just kind of like, oh, all right, that's fine. That's great. It was good. It's great. Whatever. What's part of your reason <laughs> for picking this movie to explore his, to, to just uh, to oh, touch yeah. on him? Sure. Yeah. Yes. Because there are a lot of choices you could have made. Yes. But yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I think that I think you made a great choice because it's one we all remember. Right. It's, you know. Well, it's different. Part of the reason I chose it because I remember liking it a lot. But I also haven't seen it in so long that, you know, it's you you wonder if you can trust your memory of it. 
So yeah. curiosity in that regard, because I haven't seen it in so long. But yeah, but also because I think Dennis Quaid is a, a greatly underappreciated actor. Yeah, I mean, I, I wonder if you could have written his character differently. I mean, he had to be... He had to have the motive, you know, like the, the IRS thing was, that's one of those things that you, as an adult, you're like, you really latch on to, like as a kid, you don't even know what the heck he's talking about, yeah. but <laughs> like five year audit, you know, and he freaks out. <laughs> yeah. Well, what do you, what? He says it like twice. He goes, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Okay. So he, he got blackmailed in because, because he, you know, he played a little fast and loose and I don't really understand exactly how he could, uh, I mean, He's got telekinesis. He's, but I mean, being psychic, is that, you You can pick the horses, I guess that's. I don't know. Yeah. It's bad. You know, it's, it's close it enough. is a little, it's a little <laughs> hazy. They say he's, he's got telekinesis, but they never show you that. Yeah. Right. We never see him do anything like that at all. Yeah. All they, just a they, little he bit. Just does, the... He just does like the cards thing, like in the beginning of Ghostbusters. Well, in the very beginning, that's they show the footage of him moving a ball with his mind. But oh, right, right, right. <laughs> it's a flat. It's a ball on a flat table. It's like, eh, okay, right. he barely moved that ball. <laughs> right, right. Which is good because if they had, if it was, if they had overdone that, I think it would have, the the film would have suffered because of it. You know, if yeah. it's if it's too specific or too pow- if he's too powerful, too powerful, yeah. Then you'd be like, well, I, why are you bothering right. with this dream? I shit? think it's great that it was like he's basically relegated to parlor tricks. You know. Yeah. Nothing that really he could, it seems, really do much. I mean, this guy's not a superhero, you know. He's nothing even close. He's mm-hmm. like Yuri Geller, who was a fake. <laughs> Still, you know. Yeah. Uh, Max von Sydow uh, alludes to his uh, horses and, and, and some, like, duping women or something about women. Yeah. And I, w- I would like to see him that, like, just like one little scene where he cons his way into yeah. a, a relationship or something. Yeah. I, and actually, you know, it's funny you mentioned that. The one thing I was thinking, too, is that they allude to their history together. And their history sounds kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, that, uh, you know, I don't know. It, it probably wouldn't have made much sense to include, like, a first act that takes place when he's 19. But... Despite that, I kind of wanted to see it anyway. <laughs> well, I think when he's or like his... a different movie, you know, I don't know. You know, he's given his little speech about about him with a you know with a film projector, and and that could have been just a a quick um, flashback. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Oh, let me let me tell you about mm-hmm. Alex Gardner. Yeah. And then you know a quick flashback just to give us a show us show us that he's special mm. um, instead of telling us. Um, you know, I, I guess, you know, picking a horse, you know, at a race and winning $900, which seemed like kind of small change if that's how you're going to make your living. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I think they, they could have done more, done more to show us. Yeah. Yeah. But, but it wasn't, I don't know. It's like I said, you're, you're, you're the, when the complaint of the movie is give me more of what I liked. It's right, not, right. Yeah. It's, it's not. Yeah, I mean, not really, it's all, it's the, all, nit- to me, it's, flawed. it's all nitpicky. I think it's really good. I, I'm surprised. I was really surprised how well it yeah. holds up. Yeah, there's some anachronisms here and there, yeah. but, you know, the story, the core of the story was still, you know, makes sense today. You know, it would, it would work if they update, if someone decided to do a remake, you wouldn't have to change much. Totally. Yeah. 
<laughs> Except for the guy looking at a map in the car. <laughs> was the I was like, oh my God, when's the last time you pulled a map out of a good apartment and looked at it? Yeah. <laughs> Never. Yeah. It, I don't know. It's uh, I, I was thinking that the editing could have been a little better in the beginning. But again, nitpicking. It, but just because, like, when they, he gets in the car... Like I see why you know that's important because he's he's do- he's dodging the guys from the track and he's so he's like oh I'll get in the car so he's sort mm-hmm. of on his way and then you know he makes a comment about college and then they're walking through a bunch of hallways and like that you know that little section could have been mm-hmm. could have been you know cut completely really but yeah tightened up again, a little tightened up a little not I don't know not majorly yeah. So how many double ups do we have? We have David Patrick More Kelly. Than you think. Yeah. We got we got Dennis Quaid. We got um, the guy like the he- the 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 uh, the the muscle. What's it? Uh, Peter yeah. Jason is the actor's Peter name. Peter Jason. They live. Is there more? There is. Well, there's a musical one that um, Maurice Jarre or Jarre. Oh, what else did he do? He did. I. Th- Wait, I was going to say Witness. Did he do Witness? I don't know. Something from the 80s that we've covered. Hmm. I like the music in Dreamscape. Yeah, it kind of worked in a way that, like, the the synth stuff in Witness didn't work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just got to make sure it was him that did it. <laughs> yeah, I liked, I, I, I read the little, yeah, it is. He, yeah, he, is. he did okay. Witness. You're right. Um, I like the little blurb I read that um, the producers originally wanted him to do a cla- uh, like a more traditional orchestral score, and he basically said no, <laughs> and uh, he insisted on scoring it electronically because he thought it was you know the right approach to match the tone of the film and stuff. Yeah, and I I think I agree with that. I suppose. I mean, I li- I like the music. I felt like it fit. Yeah, as it, as the movie progressed, I stopped thinking about the music, which is a good sign. You know, when yeah. you at first I was like, oh, this might be a little cheesy or, you know, like overdone with all the dream stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, as the, the further it I mean, it's tr- it is tricky to, to kind of go from dream to political thriller. I I, yeah. I think that's that's I don't know. I don't you can't you said we could probably redo this today, but that part I think would be really tricky. Yeah, sure. Or maybe you'd, maybe you just frame it differently, but you know, you can't like, yeah, just, I don't know <laughs> because of the, yeah, all the visuals and stuff in the dream are so interesting. And then when you come back to real life, like, why is that, why do we care at all? So well, that's now you're describing the movie inception, you know, you well, just yeah. Keep getting further into the dreams. Yeah. And I, I thought a lot about that movie and I mean, just the, the concept of, of going into a dream um, and we, we've covered in, um, Nightmare on Elm Street, but that's, mm-hmm. that's, uh, that didn't, you know, that was sort of, they didn't try to overdo the dream stuff. They just yeah went for more realism in that. But Inception, yeah, it was, is very closely linked to this because I thought that's what they were going to do at first. Cause I couldn't remember what, why they were even do, talking to the president other than he has nightmares and we got to get rid of him. Right. I mean, is yeah. that why he goes to the college, the Thornhill College, is to to get rid of the nightmares? Yeah. 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 So that's, uh, but that's not really, 
Yeah. I, how does he? I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just. I. I, I guess the. <laughs> The idea that the president would be at risk of, I, I, I'm, I'm okay. I'm gonna shut up. <laughs> Sean's off the rails. I'm off the reservation. <laughs> I'm lost in my like. You know when you, your thoughts get really meta, you're like, oh, I remember that. Why did I think that? And then you back up a second, and then you like, why? Why does it matter? It doesn't. <laughs> but it is very similar inception. But they, yeah. I, oh, I think I remember thinking. They had, they went right for it. Like instead of the, the college and all the, t- the technology and all of that stuff, mm-hmm. they were like, let's just deal with the concept. Let's not even worry about how we got here. Yeah. You know, yeah. broad strokes. Mm-hmm. Let's just, let's just I get like into that. it. I like that. Well, it, remind, you know, it, it reminded me of, um, Looper. Have you guys seen Looper? Yeah. Yes. So, I really like it. Yeah, Looper's fantastic. Mm-hmm. But the best thing about that movie is when they meet face to face in that diner. Yeah. Jo- Joseph Gordon Levitt and Bruce Willis. And Bruce Willis is trying to explain to him like how shit kind of works. And jo- Joseph Gordon Levitt keeps asking him questions. And it's the sort of questions any human would ask. Like, well, what is that? How does that work? That's bullshit. That shouldn't happen. This, you know, paradox. This, and Bruce <laughs> Willis just says, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The science is irrelevant. It doesn't matter. This is where we're at. <laughs> and I like that. I like that. Yeah. Like you just sweep it all away. It doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> you know, the I mean, details think, are irrelevant. But that's it's just I mean, the way it is. You know, it, it works and just believe it or don't, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I think that that's when you read about script writing, that's one of the things that they say is don't try to explain the magic. Yeah. Like, which is, you know, show your people this is the world it is. And have in your movie takes place in that world. Don't try yeah. to explain why the world is that way. Right. You know? And the only the only counterpoint I would say to that is if if you've come up with a just a fantastic explanation, <laughs> and and to that point, it kind of brings me back to uh, brings us back to Inception, which I think is one of the most well thought out films. I don't want to say just as a blanket statement, but. <clears throat> Well, as far as oh, dreams, it's, it's but as be. far as dreams go, absolutely. Yeah. Holy shit, is that movie well thought out? Mm-hmm. I find it endlessly fascinating watching that movie. The way time works, the deeper you go, the fact that you can go deeper in this universe, you know this this world they've set up. You can go dream within a dream within a dream, and the time changes and the kick to get you out of it. All that well, shit, I find so goddamn fascinating. It's so well thought out, and in that in that case, I. All I, I'm really happy to you know to see how they make the sausage, as they say. <laughs> right, but but it's that's a little different because it's yeah. one thing when you're setting up rules and then you have to either break the rules or or, or you have to work within the constraints of the rules at their very edge because that's what creates tension. Yeah. It's another thing if you just try to explain something that doesn't need sure explanation. Yeah, you know, definitely. It's, it's, you're right. You need to know that you can't cross the streams. So at the end, when they right. cross the streams, it's a big deal. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know? And if you don't know what I'm talking about, then this podcast is probably not right. even, you, you've, you've tuned out a long time ago. But, <laughs> but that's Ghostbusters. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> but, so, yeah, I, I think that. Hey, um, you, 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 we've got mail. Oh. Uh, yeah. I don't hey. even have the sound effect. <laughs> I didn't have it ready. <laughs> it just says, Red Dawn was the first PG-13 movie. Wes. 
says Wes. It doesn't say Wes. where. It doesn't say to us. It doesn't say enjoy here. It's just Red Dawn was the first PG-13 movie. Did we because talk about PG-13 before? Yeah, I think you may have mentioned it. At the it. end of the last episode, I said, oh, it's one of the first PG-13 movies. And you oh. said, what? And I said, yeah, this and Red Dawn. I remember I'm... So I don't remember, I didn't remember the order back when I said it, you know, previous sure. episode, okay. but I do remember being not 13 years old and seeing the marquee <laughs> at the United cinemas that yeah. had two PG 13 movies. It was red, red Dawn and dreamscape and being like, Oh, I want to see both of those. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> like that, that vision of those two things on the marquee is like, it's in my head. You know? uh, okay. <laughs> so then you said something, which you're like, Oh, I thought something, something was the first, I can't remember yeah, what you said. That's what I remember. And, and I was like, and it made me doubt it. I was like, well, maybe it's just the first two I remember. So okay. anyway, to Wes's credit, he's correct. I went back and looked it up and it was, it, they came out with the rating, like a whole bunch of parents were super mad at Gremlins and Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. <laughs> they both got PG ratings and they both, like yeah. a whole bunch of parents thought it was way too inappropriate for little kids to be seeing those movies. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so that sealed the deal for, for getting the PG-13 rating. So then later that summer, the first two to come out with that rating in August of 1984 were th these two movies, were Red Dawn and Dreamscape, one so, week after the other. So Red, Red Dawn and, was uh, first? I, yeah. Yeah. And then and Dreamscape? I thought it was interesting. And, yep. I always I, so I, I I always thought um, and I'm probably way off. I don't know why I thought this, but and I probably mentioned last time is there's a the Drew Barrymore movie, um, Irreconcilable Differences. Some reason I always had it in my head that that was one of the early adopters of the PG-13, but I don't even know if that came out in 1984. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why that was in my brain. I feel like that's way <laughs> off. It was just something, some sort of brainworm that got it's stuck PG. in there year, years ago. And it's PG. It's 1984, and it's PG. Huh. So you're close to right. I think because I think because I I probably saw it and like you see naked boobs in that movie. <laughs> and these days Thanks that seems insane <laughs> that seems insane to be in a pg movie because oh my god nudity heaven fucking forbid you know but so maybe that's why but yeah before there was pg-13 there was i think a number of those pg movies that had some toplessness in it yeah mm -hmm. anyway that's that's our <laughs> That's our, our letter. Thanks, Wes. Yeah. It's not like I wasn't going to yeah. cover that anyway. Come on. Well, I mean, yeah, no, it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I was just, while we were talking, I was thinking about Revenge of the Nerds, which came out in 1984. And the most god-awful, cringing <laughs> movie watching experience of my entire freaking life was that movie <laughs> and i can't remember who was there with me but i think it was mike yeah i think, I think it was mike yeah i think i think it was mike thornton renting that movie because by the way my first experience with a uh a video store typo said it was pg <laughs> on the box and it was it was a typo on the box and the printing of the box that's crazy Oh no, not PG, rated R. 
laying on the floor of my living room with Mike Thornton, who's you know sleeping over on a Friday night or whatever, and we rent two movies, and we're eating popcorn, and drinking Pepsi. My parents are behind us on the couch and watching Revenge of the Nerds. <laughs> <laughs> when they put the cameras in the girls' locker rooms and the whole thing on the, you know, on the moon, oh, yeah. you know, the moonwalk there's, thing. There's oh, a lot. My, I'm cringing oh just my thinking of it. God. Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, that was two hours that felt like 10, you know. <laughs> And my parents never shut it off, yeah. which I don't know. Is, is that to their credit? I, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> maybe they yeah. didn't think anything of it. They probably, I don't know. But holy shit. The, the drug use. The dr- Burned t- in my brain the as the most uncomfortable I've ever been watching a movie. I just felt <laughs> awful. Couldn't believe it. I wonder if Mike remembers that. Ah, I feel I'll like. Have to ask him. I feel a guest coming on. <laughs> okay just to clarify uh red dawn was august 10th and dreamscape was august 15th five days apart oh according to wikipedia hmm so just barely first that makes me think i probably saw dreamscape in the theater wait dreamscape's 13 how old are we oh we were 10 so yeah. so i probably didn't i probably didn't see it in the theater I'm guessing were, this or <laughs> almost maybe ten. maybe our parents didn't give a shit. They're like PG thirteen. <laughs> What's that made up garbage? Go ahead. <laughs> I'm guessing this movie got the PG thirteen rating because this the copycat scene of ripping out the beating heart. Yeah, and that that's mm-hmm. what ticked people off with uh, with um, Indiana <laughs> yeah, Jones and the Temple of Doom. Temple of Doom. Yeah. Yeah. That was, well, <laughs> yeah. Well, they, they definitely cut things um, from on the DVD or VHS release, whatever it is. Um, you know, because on HBO, you, you notice it says nudity. Yeah. And I, lo- I looked for nudity. I didn't, I didn't see There any. wasn't any, no. <laughs> Nothing I would consider nudity. Mm-mm. But they definitely shot some of those scenes. There was more to the train sex scene and the, the sex dream. Yeah. Um, they just, yeah. So I don't know when they cut it down to PG-13, but yeah, but there is, um, they do say fuck in there or fucking something. Like he gets, Dennis Quaid gets angry toward the end and throws out an F-bomb. And I was like, Oh, Hey, there's one. <laughs> um, I think they have rules about the number of times you can say it, which strikes me as absolutely absurd. Do you think those rules like, have changed at all? Or is, do you think those I, were, don't think they've changed that much yeah well they probably have changed but i think like the idea that if you say fuck once you get one rating if you say it four times you get another i mean it's just right silly (laughs) (laughs) yeah and going back to our galaxy quest we know that uh just one is enough to do it right right right. you know Mm -hmm. i don't know maybe it's not like that anymore i just know that um there was that documentary about the MPA that came out several years ago that was totally fascinating. I forgot what it was called. And it was sort of like how the rating system came to be, who was in charge, the ridiculousness of it all, the extremely conservative nature of it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just... Anyway, I forgot. I should watch I it. I just can't bring myself to... I, I like documentaries. It's weird that I can't watch documentaries about movies. And you've recommended <laughs> at least three of them, and I've, I still haven't looked them up. Well, you were the one who pulled us into the Galaxy Quest one, which I liked. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, I don't, but not about movies generally. That was about that movie. Oh, yeah. You know, like the one he's talking about, the MPAA and all that stuff. It sounds fascinating, but will I, <laughs> will I remember and look it up? No, I'll probably just watch, you know, Kong versus Godzilla or whatever the hell. Oh, wait. Well, we're giving <laughs> follow-ups to recommendations. Yeah. I watched A Perfect Getaway with V, which you oh, recommended yeah. when we were talking about yeah. Timothy mm-hmm. Oliphant. And mm-hmm. uh, enjoyed it. It's one of those movies that when it starts out, I was like, I don't know. And then it just keeps getting better and better. Um, yeah. Like, hmm. I, I, I enjoyed it. I thought, I thought at the end of it, I was like, that was quite a good movie. I like the way they yeah. shot it. I like the way they do the reveals. And uh, yeah, and how it how it ends. <laughs> yeah, it's a good little thriller with lots of you know like twists and turns and, yeah. and little reversals and shit. That you're like, oh, whoa, yeah. all right, cool. Yeah, my my two cents is I actually have seen it, <laughs> but the the I mean that title is so misleading. It's like a perfect getaway. First of all, I in my head I was thinking the getaway getaway cars, but it's about a vacation getaway. Well, right, it's about so it it's about a vacation getaway, and it's about getting away <laughs> with trying to get away with murder. Right, right. It's, and I have seen it, and I did like it. I just I didn't remember I had seen it. So it was another Tim- Timothy Oliphant's movie I had seen. Just forgot. <laughs> I love him, and I think he's great. But yeah, anyway, yeah. I remember it being good. And Steve's on. The uh, documentary is called "This Film Is Not Yet Rated." It came out in two thousand six. It's really okay. interesting. I think I'm going to watch it. I think I saw it. I think I remember talking to some lady who seemed way too high on her power. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, maybe uh, I've seen that too and I don't remember it. I think it's interesting that Kevin Costner was offered the role of Tommy Ray Glattman. Yeah. And he turned it down because he didn't want to play a supporting role, which is pretty pretty ballsy from a 1984 Kevin Costner who's yeah, really pretty... only notable role was in the big chill where all his scenes were cut. <laughs> it was before Silverado, it was before yeah. everything. Yeah. Yeah, wow. that's crazy. It's like, dude. <laughs> also, I don't got think some, he got some confidence in yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> Dang. I don't think he could have pulled it off pulled off the David Patrick Kelly sort of vibe. I, yeah, it's hard to picture him as like a a, a Weasley villain type. Yeah. No, he wouldn't be Weasley. He'd Hard be to see more, it. He'd be more of uh, Mr. Brooks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, you're right. I mean, that that's true. I mean, actors bring their shit to a role. Mr. Brooks was terrible. God. <laughs> Ugh. Anyway. Other than that, though, they, there's no, you know, they said Dennis Quaid was, that's it. They were, he was their only choice i mean the director worked with him on a previous film whose name i can't remember i've yeah. never even heard of until reading about dreamscape but uh what what so the director has done stuff i've seen for sure yeah yeah he's done a bunch of thrillers um sleeping with the enemy comes to mind that was that's mm-hmm. pretty good it's a good title I saw that yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> that um was, there's was another kind of bigger one i, I can't remember <laughs> quick anecdote about sleeping with the enemy uh tom's mom (laughs) we were talking about the movie and she's like yeah he was oh he's such such a good looking guy we're like oh really that professor you think no no the the (laughs) the horrible husband guy (laughs) (laughs) we're like oh (laughs) i don't know she's a thing for mustaches i don't know (laughs) 
Yeah, this guy did the good son. Did Money Train. Oof. Yeah, I did Money, Money Train. Train. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I didn't realize until I was looking at sort of Dennis Quaid's filmography that the right stuff was before Dreamscape. Because the right stuff is fantastic. It's such yeah. a good movie. Yeah. It's a great book. It's a good movie. Fantastic cast. It says he, he had did a good he had break. a good run in the eighties there. Not that he didn't have a good run in the nineties, but yeah, you know, he More started up pretty strong. After I was going to say he was in crap. he did Breaking Away, but it says that's a TV uh, series. When was like, that? Well, the Breaking Away is nineteen seventy nine, and it has Dennis Quaid, mm-hmm. and the TV thing is 1980 and mm-hmm. it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't say his name. It just, it just refers to him. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I was trying to look for the the movie that De- Dennis Quaid was in that he did it with him. That's the closest I can get. Oh no, it was, um, uh, I want to say Gorp. Gorp. Yep. He's in Gorp. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't see that. Which I had Neither. never heard of. Um, I just think it's funny. I mean, I know what Gorp is, like in terms of the snack food, like when you're hiking and shit or whatever. So if you look at the Gorp movie poster, it has an asterisk, and under it's the asterisk it says a bunch of fruits, nuts, and flakes. <laughs> and honestly, I bet you that's the best thing about this movie is that title and asterisk. <laughs> it's kind of funny. <laughs> when I picture the rest of it's dog shit. Oh, it's set in a Jewish summer camp. <laughs> oh okay. boy hijinks <laughs> wacky antics yeah. slapstick so I, want, I wonder where this falls when did meatballs come out Cause meatballs <laughs> is a little after that yeah yeah I want to say someone saw 84. Gorp was like we're gonna do this right yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> not that meatballs is that great <laughs> didn't elevate it a whole lot but it did a little bit better a little tiny bit and you had Bill Murray so yeah got that going for you which is nice <laughs> so all right we've covered the music we've covered uh the plot we're all good with the plot we're all good with yeah. the. did we, we even more. did i do we even explain the plot do we need to <laughs> <laughs> uh i don't think we did we did <laughs> not we, no didn't give a little synopsis in the beginning ah fuck it's too late now it's close enough <laughs> i think they get the idea you go into dreams you can change things yeah. Oh, but it's the if you die in your dream, you die in real life mm-hmm. uh, thing. Yeah. That, that part's a little flimsy because Billy, or sorry, Buddy, you know, presumably is getting eaten by the snake man every night. Yeah. And even that opening scene with um, with the steelworker thing, um, Desquade falls off that thing. Yeah, but yep. you wake up. Like, you always wake up right before you die. That's the that's the, the uh, wife's tale, right? That if you uh, okay, you, you like right before you hit, you wake up. You're like, oh. yeah, sure. That was that was true in my case. That was true. I for years I never slept through ni- nightmares. I could I would wake up before I got eaten or whatever. Usually it was eating something eating me. <laughs> Uh, I've, I, yeah. I I don't remember specifically, but I have this sort of innate sense that I've been murdered in my dreams a zillion times. Oh, you've been murdered <laughs> in Actually, my dreams. 
in my fantasies. Fantasies. <laughs> Actually, I remember a conversation with your dad, Cohen. I mm-hmm. remember talking about this and saying that, like, "Oh yeah, I never, I never get eaten, or I never, I never die." And your dad was like, "Well, yeah, I got stabbed, shot, you know." <laughs> <laughs> Sounds all right. Actually, you know, watching this movie reminded me that my dad was the first person who ever sort of introduced me to the concept of lucid dreaming. Oh yeah. Cause he had a book about it and, uh, he, you know, I read it and it was really interesting. And so I sort of got, I wouldn't say obsessed about it, but I was interested and I read a bunch of books about it and, and tried to do it to, to some success. It's been many years since I was, since I cared enough to, you know, yeah. like try and instigate it, but it was, you know, it was interesting and totally possible and doable and interesting. And this movie kind of reminded me of all that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's weird that at the end, um, he suddenly masters it so well that he remember he remembers what his dad looks like. Yeah, enough to impersonate him. Yeah, believably. Yeah, <laughs> but I guess that's why you know, like that. That's what they expected. He was going to be good at it. Yeah. So why why not? Mm-hmm. And he just, I think it was cool that he just picked the the perfect thing to distract him. And, yeah. then, and then the president steps in and helps out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he steps up. I yeah, think it's that funny works. that George Wentz's character's name is Charlie Prince, which sounds an awful lot like Stephen King. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that is amazing. Yeah, that that part of the plot was almost unnecessary. I agree. Seemed totally extraneous. Yep. Like you remove that and it doesn't really affect the, the story at all. Yeah. Just Other one, than, one, I one mean, I guess then. maybe just like raising the stakes a little bit. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it sets up that Christopher Plummer's a bad guy. You know? Yeah. It, that's. So I suppose in that regard. But they could but, have figured that out anyway. Yeah. Speaking of Christopher Plummer, he, he died this year, earlier this year. Yeah. Um, at the age of 91. Yeah. And Max von Sydow died last year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or. Yeah, that's right. And they were uh, they were both in competition for Best Supporting Actor Oscar in 2012. Yeah, you said you you may have had some confusion when you were a kid. I think yeah, part of that is because they do such a good job with the reveal. Because at first you're like, oh, that Max von Sydow guy, what a jerk from dragging him in and blackmailing him and all that stuff. But then yeah. the far the farther it goes along, you're like, well, but he's really just interested in research and. Mm-hmm has no real ulterior motive. And then the, you know, Bob Blair is, you know, has the worst of motives and does, yeah, it, 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 it gets revealed pretty, pretty effectively. I think like yeah. Dennis Quaid knows he's the bad guy, but he still can't do anything about it or tell anybody really. If you mess that up, you really, it, it falls apart. Yeah. I like that. I like the change of of who's the good guy versus the bad guy. Yeah. And it's not just because he's a government guy. I feel like too many times uh, movies will get into the government conspiracy type of stuff of an all powerful government. But, you know, there are people that are powerful that make these decisions, you know, and there's nothing you can do about it. They they think they're doing the right thing for the country. I, I guess he thought he. What did he say? He was emasculating ourselves. 
Yes. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yeah. That was, that was clever word choice there. Like, yeah. Well, especially since like, the first beginning you know, of the movie is set up that they're doing this to help guys with boners and get boners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I remembered that line from being a kid. I was like, oh, boner, funny. <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, I think it's it's interesting that Chuck Russell co-wrote Dreamscape and then a couple years later, a few years later, wrote and directed Nightmare on Elm Street 3, The Dream Warriors. Yeah. Which you know, has a lot of similarities to Dreamscape. Yeah. Okay. And and is also, uh, you know, on its own, an awesome entry in the Nightmare on Elm Street series. <laughs> That's your sec- it's second most, favorite? It's the most fun of all of them. I think the first yeah. one is a solid horror movie, and the third one is just a lot of fun. Yeah. It's not scary. <laughs> So, yeah, I, yeah, like it. So, so, we, uh, oh, did it? Was there a remake there? I thought I saw like a remake, not a remake, but something called Dreamscape in 2009 or something. And it's maybe UK. I had never seen it before, I don't know. but I thought, I uh, yeah, I guess it wasn't, wasn't related. Yeah, mm. and I guess you could say it's been remade, sort of, in other by other movies. But I like that he goes to Louisville at the end <laughs> on the romance. Yes. The romance of the Amtrak train is just incredible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not not that that great. Yeah, there was a film in two thousand seven. Uh, out of the UK called Dreamscape. That was a science fiction thriller. Okay. Black. Uh, it's sort of, it's, it sounds more like total recall actually. Uh, a, a company called Dreamscape Inc. Uh, provides yeah. custom fantasies plugged into a subscriber's brain as he sleeps. Blah, blah, blah. That sounds an awful lot like total it recall. Does, it really does. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Hey, I wanted to w- so, mention one more thing about... Uh, yeah. Um, uh, Christopher Plummer. Yeah. So, super prolific. Like, like, everybody has seen him in a movie. Sure. Mm-hmm. But do you realize that there are multiple years where he's, like, been in seven movies, eight movies <laughs> in one year? Like in 19- Isn't he in Strange Brew? Yeah, I just no, yeah, no yeah. that's that's Max von Sydow. Oh wait, I, I mean, think both of them are. Um, no, Max von Sydow also Maybe has not. years where he was like in six movies at a time. No, Max von Sydow's in Strange Brew. Sorry. Um, yeah, but that's incredible. I mean, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah, nineteen nineteen eighty seven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight movies. Wow. Yeah. That's okay. impressive. No, Christopher Palmer is not in Strange Brew, but they are also in something called Emotional Arithmetic 2007. Ten movies in 1991. It's ten <laughs> movie credits wow. in 1991. Or acting That's credits. That's crazy. It's a busy boy. Yeah. And I liked him as Harlan Thrombey in Knives Out. Yeah. Oh, he's great. Yeah. They, uh, did you get see that Netflix uh, bought the rights to the next two movies. 
Yeah, um, saw that. For and mm. so it'll be the same uh, director, and uh, it'll be uh, Daniel Craig. Yeah. Solving two other mysteries for four hundred fifty mm, so. million dollars. Holy friggin' hell! Yeah, that is <laughs> that is overpriced. Has so much money! Oh my god! <laughs> well, the first movie made I think it was three hundred eighty or something like that in the theaters. I'll yeah. make a prediction that those two movies do not make anywhere near that much money. Well, I mean, part of it was just the charm of the situation. It's going to be hard to renew that. I mean, I thought. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> That's less of a statement about the movie, that first movie, that as it is about sequels in general. But mm-hmm. yeah. But I, I mean, Min- just minor, like, go ahead. minor looping back, um, looping. Ha! <laughs> Ryan Johnson, Ryan, yes. writer and director of Knives Out, wrote and directed Looper. All right, sorry, continue. Yeah. No, I, I'm actually really happy that he did Knives Out because people panned him so much after Star Wars. I was like, okay, good. He got back on his feet and um, was doing, you know, proving that he can make something great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm wholeheartedly in the, in the, the camp that his Star Wars movie was garbage and I hated every second of it. But I like everything else he's done, especially Brick, which I think is one of the oh, most yeah. interesting and original movies I've ever seen. If I could, it's it, crazy yeah. that that works. <laughs> if that movie it were a few not. years older, we'd be reviewing it. I, I love it too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's good. Yeah, and Looper, of course, is such yeah. a fantastic sci-fi movie. Brothers Bloom, it's fine. It's I good. love it. It's good. I, I think it's my least favorite of all his movies besides Star Wars, but it's good. Oh, I, yeah, I, I disagree. Brothers. I, I mean, is that, um, is Adrian that Edward Burns? Oh, Adrian, no, Adrian Brody. Mark Ruffalo. Mark Ruffalo. The Con Men. Oh. It's a great movie. I don't think I've seen it. Oh, is it? you should. Well, check don't it out. You should check him. it out. It's, oh, it's not bad. I just, it's, I, I prefer Brick and Looper. <laughs> no, those movies are great movies. So, yeah. but no one's ever going to compare those three movies. You know, no one's going to ever sit side by side and say, let's compare these two movies because they're all made by the well, same I mean, guy. They're so different. We, you know? we kind of are. No, you can't. <laughs> you these conversations are not even This conversation is not even I'm happening. Taking a, I'm t- <laughs> I'll deny it ever happened. All right, I'll stop. But there's a character named Bang tape. Bang in, in <laughs> Brothers Bloom. So that's all nice. I'll say. I like her. <laughs> Anyway, nice. yeah, I can't believe I haven't seen that. That's 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 one of uh, that's our recommendation for modern movie. Last time was Perfect yeah. Getaway. This is time. It's my recommendation. Brothers Bloom, modern movie. Well, just like Perfect Getaway, maybe I've seen that too, and I just don't remember. But if you don't remember, then it's like you haven't seen it. Yeah, yeah, it is. So. <laughs> well, yeah, no, but no, it, no. I, what I mean is. When when we were discussing it, I didn't remember immediately I'd seen it. But as soon as like we stopped last time, I was like, "Oh yeah, perfect get what I know what that is." Uh, you know, it was like okay. that kind of thing. And I remember right. liking it. So, so what are we doing next? What are we doing next? What's next? We have done a lot of '80s. We've done some '90s. We did '99. So I feel like we've neglected the '70s for a bit. So I am going to do an obscure 1977. movie. Go farther back. 75? <laughs> 75. We're going all the way back to the beginning. Um, it's released by MGM. I'll give you... Oh, it has 
I didn't know this, but it has Alan Arkin in it. It has uh, Jeff Bridges in it, and it's. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't know why you would would know this, but um, I <laughs> I haven't seen it. It's another one of those <laughs> movies I haven't seen. I'm gonna pick it. Um, it's supposed to be a comedy film. Should I tell you what it is, or do you want to take a guess at it? Well, I'm trying to think of pretty obscure, particularly the Jeff Bridges thing from '75. Oh, Andy Griffith is in it. Andy Griffith. Nah, never yeah. mind. I don't, I don't have a guess. Yeah, I'll never guess. Yeah. Okay. It is Hearts of the West. Never even heard of it. No, me neither. Re- released in Europe as Hollywood Cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> sounds <laughs> sounds great. Yes. <laughs> what made you pick this? Uh, well, it's seventy-five. It's you know actually, there's a lot of early Jeff Bridges. I mean, I I I've been. You know, there's a lot of Jeff Bridges I'm, I would like to pick and will pick, uh, probably. But unless someone else picks it, but some of these early <laughs> ones I are just so obscure that I, I, you know, I'm just kind of fascinated by them. So I just wanted to watch it. Hmm. We'll see. It's supposed to it's supposed to be a comedy. Might be good for some laughs. <laughs> well, the directors have has some other things I've seen that are good. So. Yeah, I I won't. I recognize um, the name. I don't know what he does howard zeef yeah yeah we'll talk yeah, about it next to... time <laughs> right hearts in the west of the west all right it'll yeah. probably be impossible to find yeah i was either gonna go I'm looking it up right now obscure or i was gonna go really popular mainstream good movie kind of thing because yeah. last time i did pretty obscure so next it's time, a, yeah, it's a Hearts of the West is, of the West is a rental for a dollar ninety nine on Google Play, iTunes, Vudu, and YouTube. Yes, it's Sweet. also free on Tubi. Oh yeah, which is another yeah. I think well, you have well, to well, watch some commercials. I think, I think Real Good has failed me and not showing me that. Hmm. hmm. All right. Well, this hmm. has been our best review. Obviously. I dreamed about a review this good. <laughs> I concur. <laughs> Great. Great. All right. So next time, some fucking movie called Hearts of the West. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait. See you there. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I wish I hadn't picked another cowboy Western type movie, but it's, but it's supposed to be a twist on the cowboy Western. It's yeah. not really that much. I mean, you can change your pick now if you want. Nope. No. Hard <laughs> play is a hard play. Uh, oh, jeez, bringing that out. All right. <laughs> and there you have it. There you this have has it, been folks. the film with three brains. Adios. <laughs> Thanks for listening. See you next time. It's the film with three brains. Yes, indeed. I do concur wholeheartedly, sir. <laughs>